Seeing safety and responding to civil unrest. Six takeaways from the USFA and NHTSA best practices to protect fire and EMS providers responding to incidents of civil unrest. That's today's topic. I'm Rob Lawrence and this is EMS One Stop. We have not left the front lines now since March. COVID-19 has tested our physical endurance and mental toughness. We've taken casualties and lost professional brothers and sisters to that invisible assailant. Because of whom we are and what we do, we are faithful in adversity and respond no matter the politics, the pandemic or the protests. Our mission is to respond and treat, save life and reduce pain. We are neutral and as we seek to do no harm in return, we hope that we can continue to do what we do unhindered and unharmed. In the last few weeks, we have seen that response delayed or denied and worse. Caregivers attacked just for being present during episodes of civil unrest. In Virginia Beach, Virginia, EMS responders trying to save a motorcycle crash victim were pushed and kicked by members of a crowd who jumped on their EMS vehicles. In Oakland, California, large July the 4th crowds surrounded and climbed on a fire truck conducting a first response to a medical call. The inevitable video that is now a contemporaneous feature of any gathering shows the fire truck being surrounded and individuals climbing up to the top of the apparatus. Columbia, Missouri made the EMS news recently as an investigation is underway to examine if care was delayed as crew conducted that accepted practice of staging for a call as the scene was secured. This is a long-accepted protocol that ensures scene safety for EMS personnel as law enforcement create the environment for pre-hospital treatment. Sadly, responding to belligerent individuals, unruly crowds, angry mobs and, let's face it, the raw emotional state of those encountered at the scene of a shooting is in fact nothing new to fire and EMS providers across the nation. We embrace the training we've been given and relish the protection of the law enforcement team that usually surround us. That said, it's worth dusting off the general principles that should already contribute to any organisation's culture of safety. Recently, the US Fire Administration and NHTSA's Office of Emergency Medical Services worked together to compile best practices to assist agencies and individuals as they respond to civil unrest incidents in the community. The document represents a checklist of areas and issues to be considered and should be read in full, but... Here are my essential takeaways. First of all, protecting personnel. Keeping staff safe and secure is the highest priority. Responding to civil unrest may place staff at higher than anticipated levels of risk. So the following is suggested. Review all civil unrest specific organisational and jurisdictional protocols and guidelines. Establish a family communication plan to share information with responder families and provide emotional support for personnel and families. Work in pairs or teams carrying radios and lights. Keep personal IDs, keys, wallets, etc. on your person or otherwise secured. And secure such items as scissors and stethoscopes, particularly around your neck. 
on your person. Always carry a radio and be sure to regularly charge or swap batteries. Maintain accountability of all staff and develop rally points should vehicles or locations need to be abandoned. Secure stations and response posts. Secure and lock parking areas if possible. Lock personal and emergency vehicles parked outside stations and keep valuables out of sight. Consider parking facing an escape route, in other words, back in so that you can drive out. Lock interior and exterior facility doors and windows. Keep all interior and exterior lights on in the buildings and stations. If the station needs to be abandoned, remove all communications equipment, medications and such department and personal equipment as possible. Consider placing all equipment for removal on a vehicle or in a single location staged for rapid removal. Preparing your apparatus and your vehicles. Remove non-essential equipment from exterior vehicle compartments and ensure they are secured and roll up the windows. Have personnel wear full protective equipment if issued while travelling during times of potential civil unrest. Check vehicles, clean the glass and the wipers and ensure that lights are working and your fuel tanks are full. Coordinating with community partners. Routinely communicate with local leaders and members of the community and liaise with law enforcement, emergency management and all other emergency response agencies to communicate the needs and expectations. Inform the community of changes to response priorities and manage community expectations. Monitor social media for information and identify possible or probable locations for large gatherings. Next up, activating the EOC and Unified Command. Activate the Emergency Operations Centre to support the incident area and establish Unified Command with appropriate law enforcement and other agencies as required. Develop an action plan, communicate, exercise, follow and adapt the plan as needed. Additionally, create a communications plan to communicate between organisational and jurisdictional partners. If necessary, stand up your JIC. Ensure command post and security and remain flexible as location might be subject to change rapidly. Identify hot, warm and cold zones. These must be dynamic and may be based on geographic area and be specific to a single incident. Establish fueling, maintenance and logistics support for apparatus and personnel assigned to the area of operation. Depending on the duration of the operational period, a catering plan may also be essential. Remember, an army marches on its stomach. Modifying your own EMS operations. Provider safety remains the highest priority and, when possible, should be addressed. On arrival, scan the environment for scene safety before exiting the vehicle and continue to size up and communicate the potential for any situation to get worse. Consider modified response protocols based on the severity of the situation. Work in teams and remain in contact with each other. Avoid dead ends, roadblocks, and recognise there may be a need to abandon vehicles and or equipment. Finally, the current period of civil unrest and social tension may pass, but COVID-19 remains. All response should be conducted with appropriate PPE to safeguard the provider from bacterial assault. Because of the nature of our profession, many have developed the sixth sense that detects and alerts when the atmosphere is about to change for the worse. All must continue to maintain situational awareness, as well as the buddy system, to ensure that everyone is looking out for each other and stay safe out there. There you go. That was the first. I just narrated a checklist. Next week, I'm reading the phone book. 
But seriously, those were my views. I would love to hear yours in the main webpage comment section at EMS1. Please, as always, follow me on Twitter at UKRobL or over on LinkedIn. You can find me there by just searching my name. If you're listening on SoundCloud, as always, hang on for another great episode of Inside EMS with Chris and Kelly. That's all for now. I've been Rob Lawrence, and until next time, bye for now.